This is On Location. I'm Joe Mamlin. Today's episode comes to you on location from Charlottesville, Virginia and Springfield, Missouri. But first, On Location is produced by the NCA Communications Committee with special production assistance from Tim Leitner and me. You can find the podcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, including Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google, iHeartRadio, and many more. Today's show is hosted by Mary Ellen Keeley, and she welcomes guest Laura Fors. Laura is a longtime child support professional currently working as a management consultant with Public Knowledge. We talk about Laura's recent award that she received at the Eastern Regional Interstate Child Support Association Conference in New Orleans. They talk about her history in the program, how she got involved in it, and what it means to her. It's going to be a great show, so stick around, and we'll be right back. episode of NCA On Location, coming to you this week from Missouri and Virginia. Today, we're pleased to have a guest who is no stranger to most of you in the child support community. She is Laura Fors, and she has worn lots of hats, but is currently a management consultant with Public Knowledge. I had the pleasure of working with her on the Intergovernmental Case Processing Grant, and I'm Mary Ellen Keeley with Virginia Child Support in Charlottesville, Virginia. And today, we're going to focus on her recent award at the ERICSA conference. Laura, will you introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me, Mary Ellen. It's good to see you again. Uh, My name is Lara Fors, and I am a child support professional. I've been in the program since 1994, and I have worn a lot of hats, um, but I have mostly been a prosecuting attorney in the county in Missouri. So I am an attorney. I'm also a trained mediator, full-time child support geek, but that prosecutor hat's uh, a big one that I still put on every once in a while. So that's kind of what I've done mostly in child support. But now I'm having a great time working with a lot of people and getting to know the federal program even better. Excellent. So what got you interested in child support? You know, I knew nothing about child support because, you know, I lucky enough to come from a family that was intact. And so I had no personal experience with it. And I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and that was kind of before I was born, before the 40 program. It's true. And so I really didn't have any uh, awareness of it. And I was in law school, and we had, I think, I don't know if it's what they call it, but kind of remembered as the big sister program. And so the 3L, I was a 2L, um, second year, and a third year peer of mine was working at the prosecutor's office in Kansas City, which is Jackson County, in the child support division. And she was going on to take another job and said, hey, you should apply for this. And so I went down and went in there knowing really nothing about it. But as I understood about the program 
it was a super good fit for me. That's what I love about child support, right? It fits everybody on the spectrum, whether you are super into personal responsibility and like that accountability, or if you want to help people and help families. I kind of myself am so complicated that I can span that spectrum myself. But I remember thinking that day, I'm like, you know, really the family is the, the, that family institution is the cornerstone of society. You get better kids, you get better adults, you get better adults, you get better society. So that's kind of what I committed to that day and in that job is that I was going to learn all about it and help every family that came into my caseload. It's really interesting to me, the more people I talk to and get to know in the child support program, that many of us, myself included, that before we got started with child support, we had no idea what it was or what they did um, and have stuck around a really long time. So that says a lot about the program and the people. So absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about the award that you just received. Sure. It is um, an Orixa Award, and it's the inaugural Patrick Quinn Intergovernmental Scholarship Award. And so Pat Quinn um, was from Allegheny County and was a director over several social services uh, programs there, but came up through child support. And he was the immediate past president when he passed in March of 2021. And so this was the first year that Arixa wanted to celebrate him, and so they named one of the scholarships. Actually, I think they added a scholarship for him. And so, um, yeah, I was totally surprised when uh, Tommy Howard, who's the president of Arixa, conferred that upon me. And so that was very nice because I was connected to Pat in several ways, not just our Arixa connection, but he and I were co-chairs of the NCAs. Uh, Emerging Issues and Leading Practices Subcommittee of PGR. And so we got to know each other um, even better through our consistent work with NCA on that committee. What a what a great thing for Rixa to do. And I was very humbled to get it. Yeah, Pat was definitely a huge impo- influence in the child support community and, and his loss was felt mm-hmm. very far, far and wide. Um, Absolutely. I did have a question here. And if you don't feel like answering it, because I know... Um, Sometimes you know, you think about people who have passed it, it gets emotional, but could you tell me one thing or like the best lesson you learned from working with Pat Quinn? Yeah. So, you know, like you said, Pat was a strong player and a big influence, had a lot of passion. And so I think one thing that I just, you know, thinking about, it's not like I'm Pat Quinn and here's what you learned from me. It's kind of like I was thinking about all the years of being in his presence and watching him and hearing about his other work back in Pennsylvania. And so I think what Pat stands for me is that you don't let life's disappointments stifle your passion, right? Um, You're never too old. You've never been in it too long. You know, jading is, you know, not not required. Um, And, you know, his spirit for fighting for what he thought was right. That's what I remember with Pat. And he took that everywhere he went, no matter what the topic. Could have been child support, could have been politics, could have been whatever, right? Um, and so, but I think it, it was his passion and his his seeking justice is what I really kind of clicked with him about. Well, not that there was any question that they chose the right person for the inaugural award, but that was a fantastic mm-hmm. response. Now, I read a little bit about the award before uh, setting up this uh, meeting with you. And can you tell me, so what what does the award entail? It has something to do with attending the conference, right? 
Yes. Uh, what they set up was for this inaugural year was as a scholarship. And so Arixa already has a couple of scholarships to help encourage people who have never attended conference to come. And so they get a free registration, they get uh, free lodging at the hotel, they get a per diem. I don't know that it reflects the state, the city you're in, but a per diem amount for meals and then up to $500 against your travel expenses for it. So for budgeting purposes, they can do that. And so they already had two of these uh, scholarships, one that is primarily for uh, a recipient in that state that is hosting the conference and then one that's open to everybody. And so this year they added a third scholarship, which was uh, in honor of Pat. And so it followed those same rules. And so there was that financial benefit of the award. But the the board did vote to go ahead and instead of calling it a scholarship, calling it a true award. So I might be the only person whose plaque says scholarship because it'll say award next year. But uh, I, w- I would have to get back to you on whether or not it's going to act like a scholarship or not ongoing. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but but it was um, very popular. And I think that criteria that they used to solicit nominations is pretty powerful. I mean, that's people who are really, you know, dedicated to intergovernmental work and the child support program. Excellent. So you led me right into my next question. Um, I wanted to chat with you a little bit more about intergovernmental work. As I mentioned at the beginning, um, Laura and I work together on the intergovernmental case processing grant. So I know I know she knows her stuff about intergovernmental, <laughs> so I won't go too far into it. What's your favorite thing about intergovernmental casework? Well, of course, I don't have just one for you, but I'm going to say my overarching favorite thing about it is I think I love how it expands your child support professional community. Um, You are able to meet new people and learn new things, and it goes beyond your local caseload. And my favorite thing about that is, you know, it's justice for the family. And so intergovernmental really brings that hardcore, right? Because whenever you've got people in different jurisdictions, it gets even trickier to do. So if you can get good success on an intergovernmental case, you definitely have helped bring justice for that family, whatever that means, and, you know, really flex your big-time problem-solving skills um, because there's a lot of stuff. But back again, the favorite thing, I think, is that professional expanded community. I would have been disappointed if you'd only said one thing. So... (laughs) Right. Thank oh, you. It, for, it would have been not yes, right. <laughs> All right. So my next question about um, intergovernmental is what do you think is the, and I actually asked Rob Belkoff the same question. We interviewed him a couple of months ago. Um, but what do you think is the number one problem facing intergovernmental child support caseworkers? I did try to focus on one and I'm going to give you something and I don't mean it harshly. I mean it literally. And so I mean that in, this in the most positive way. That's my disclaimer. But I think the hardest thing about, or the you know, the number one problem facing intergovernmental child support workers is inconsistent levels of competence. And there's a lot of reasons for that, right? I mean, you've got um, 
turnover. You've got differences in training. You've got different ways that offices assign it. You know, do they have a special unit or does everybody have two cases a year that they kind of like not really understand, you know? And so you've just got these, you know, no matter, it kind of depends on where you're sending it, right? I mean, how who's going to take it? Who's ultimately going to get it across the finish line? And how long have they been doing this? What do they know? How much help do they have? And so I think like I said, in the most positive and the most, you know, just honest way. I just think it's hard because when you have a local case and you go to court, you know your prosecutors, you know your judges, you know maybe your local other, you know, child support professionals. You kind of have this expectation of what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, in what time frame it will happen. When you send that outgoing, you have to pack it. Yeah, yeah, kiss it. And you kind of kiss it goodbye, right? I mean, so that's what I think is is the hardest thing that affects it all, right? Because it affects training, it affects morale, it affects, you know, the ultimate timeliness or even whether or not that action is completed. So I I really didn't want to offend anyone with that answer, but that's kind of what I kind of what I think. That's a great response. I hadn't hadn't really thought about it from that perspective before, but it does um, affect all aspects of of intergovernmental casework. After doing it for ten years, when you look at it through that lens, um, that is that is very true. And kind of lots of things that people pinpoint as specifics that mm-hmm. that captures all of them. So I want to change gears just a little bit because I've been really fortunate to be able to speak with several leaders in the child support community um, recently, and I I certainly put you into that category. And so I have a couple questions that I've asked them that I would also like to ask you. Um, So the first one is, what advice would you give to young leaders looking to find mentors in the child support community? Great question. And I think it's super easy to do. And that is get involved in your local state or county programs, you know, volunteer for steering committees. If you've got a local or a state child support association, get involved because you're going to meet people, meet people who can help you, who can, you know, excite you and launch launch your next moves in your career in ways you don't even know. And what really then ramps it up is getting involved in a professional child support organization. Um, you know, NCA has a great membership policy so that the state joins, then all of the 4D workers can join on, you know, this special membership level where they can join committees and attend the webinars and get the member pricing for other things. And so take advantage of that. And I'm going to throw out a Rixa and Wixic also because they are fabulous opportunities, not just attending those. So I'm assuming if you're kind of young and and new to this, that you are, you know, doing some frontline work and a Rixa and Wixic really speak to those people and want to help train frontline workers or the people that supervise them. And so back kind of to that, you know, the best thing about intergovernmental work is expanding your child support professional community going to conferences and meeting people. I mean, you will be so popular with the other people in your office who do intergovernmental work if you know who in Florida to call, right? I mean, and I'm throwing up Florida as the big sacrifice here, but, you know, pick a state. I, you know, and I pl- I answered plenty of phone calls in Missouri when people were like, this isn't your case, but can you help? Of course I can, right? And that's why, you know, Rickson and Wixick have the pledge, super valuable stuff. You are going to find great mentors in the child support program when you start, 
expanding your community and meeting people because when you show passion for the program, it shows and people are going to recognize that and they're going to want you to start then being on some leadership teams with that. That's a fantastic answer and and gives a perfect opportunity for me to leave a shameless plug for the podcast team on NCA. If anyone is yeah. interested, please let us know. Right. It's a new NCA year coming. New volunteers. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and if you can't tell, I'm having a blast. So I would love to have, <laughs> have some folks come and join us. Um, so kind of on that same vein of things, if if you could tell your younger self one piece of advice that you wish you had known, what would it be? In the context of child support, I'm going to say that when I think about being a prosecutor, because I was a prosecutor for a lot of years, and so I had a lot of personal and professional growth during that time. And so if I could talk to that younger prosecutor, I would say, see people where they are, not where you think they should be. You know, and, and that was in the 90s and the early 2000s. And so the program was kind of uber aggressive. And, um, you know, we could talk for hours about my reflection on being a young female prosecutor. But but that's what I would tell them, you know, see people where they are, not where you expect them to be. And just in that greater 40 program, be patient with processes and people. So this is really like if I were talking to myself when I was the deputy director of the family support division, you know, be patient with processes and people and go for that change. Um, don't you always wish you could like go back and do again a job that you've had and like, oh, I would like nail it. I would do this. I would have done this so differently. Well, those are my two things that I could look back on and, and comment on. Those are great. I was you saw me over here writing really fast. I try to <laughs> capture those. I love the fact we record this. So these t nuggets of wisdom, I can go back and, and grab them later. <laughs> Speaking of wisdom, though, are there any last thoughts or wisdom that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? You know, these questions today, Mary Ellen, thank you for inviting me and having me. And, and it's been great seeing you again and, and talking about uh, the child support program, which is one of my passions. You know, I th I think that just made me realize how much uh, excitement and change is in the air in the 40 program again. Like I said, I've, I've been here. I was here before the automated systems were mandatory, you know, and before a lot of before the tribes were authorized. I've, I've seen a lot of changes and I think changes are still coming. And I'm excited about it because I think we are starting to really be more mindful of the family unit these days. And I think I think it is exciting and I think that people should share their share their vision of what the program should be. You know, foster care referrals has also been one of my passions. I tried, you know, wanting to talk about this at conferences. I started at Rixa in Daytona a few years back and you know, we just saw a children's bureau memo that came out that said, "Okay, change of plans. Now the default way for foster care is don't send a referral to child support, you know, and we're like, we've been working on this for years. This is great, you know, and in their memo, they actually cite child support articles that found that, you know, it, not only is it not cost effective, it actually can be harmful to some families and delay reunification and, you know, goes through all of these uh, experiences that shows maybe we should stop and think. What is the impact on the family, not just the collection dollars and, and you know, the federal requirement to da-da-da-da-da. And so I just think that 
if you're out there listening and you're a frontline worker, I want you to realize that you are part of a larger federal program, right? You, It's not just your checklist and your task and the file, you know, the stack of files or the alerts in your electronic inbox, you know, however you're set up. It's not just what you are doing right there. This is a big program and there's a lot of exciting things happening. So I think, I think that you'll have some good experiences and some connection to your work and some intrinsic feelings of success when you realize the larger program and what it's trying to do and you put yourself in there and you and you help change the, you know help help steer a row on this ship i think it's i think it's exciting i think we're going to see some good things coming up in the next decade for what we stand for and how we how we try to help families uh, in the child support program now, you know, we're never going to lose our core functions. And the question is, how do we reconcile that? And I, so I think there's going to be a lot of good discussions about that. But if you have any inkling that you're going to be a lifer like me, then, you know, get involved, start learning, start using your voice and, you know, go out there and help people and, and enjoy yourself and, Hopefully you've got some great coworkers and you have a good team and and feel that love there because as we know, you don't get a lot of thank you notes in the mail when you're a child support worker. So hold on to the ones you do. I still have all the ones I got. I think there are five, but I have them. You know, so you we we're, we're doing this for us as much as we're doing it for them, right? And so take care of you and be the best you you can be and and learn and help this program grow. Excellent. Thank you, Laura. So on behalf of the podcast team, I want to thank you for joining us today um, for another episode of NCA On Location uh, to speak with us and share a little bit about your award and your passion for the child support organizations. We also want to thank you for all you've done uh, within the child support program and continue to do so. Thank you to our listeners for joining us today. I'm Mary Ellen Keeley, and this has been NCA On Location. Well, thanks very much to Laura for joining us on the podcast today. And of course, thanks to Mary Ellen Keeley for doing a great job as the host. To learn more about the Patrick Quinn Memorial Award and to see a memoriam to Pat himself, please visit the ERICSA website at erixa.org. That's E-R-I-C-S-A dot O-R-G. On Location is available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. We have a lot of great episodes on the way, so be sure to subscribe and check out our previous work as well. We also appreciate your ratings, feedback, comments, and suggestions. If you have an idea for a topic or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us using the contact link on our website. On Location is a production of the NCA Communications Committee with special production assistance from Tim Leitner and me. Thanks for joining me. I'm Joe Mamlin, and this has been On Location. <laughs>